Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Oh, hello and welcome to another special edition of Lockdown Hot Takes. I'm your Lodge Master. With me as always is Brother Bishki. May the road rise up to meet you, Lodge Master. Oh, thank you so much. Brother Lucas is here. Titty ho, titty he, titty ha. Top of the day, LodgeCast listeners. And we have back all the way from the frozen tundra of Minnesota, we have Sister Emma. Hi. Uh, it's the original Ireland, Minnesota. <laughs> I toast to you, Sister Emma. <laughs> Thank you for having me. We are here to talk about a movie that is called Wild Mountain Time, T.H. Why Emmy? It is one of those things. <laughs> it is <laughs> it's one of those things. And something happened. Like this this movie came out. You know, movies just slip out. They just kind of sneak up on you in this weird uh, era in which we live. And this came out and the only thing I saw about it were a couple headlines that basically just said, uh, what the fuck? And whenever that happens, it's it's an emergency. I'm like, oh shit, we gotta we gotta lock this down. We gotta vet this. We gotta see what's going on here. And that was only amplified when some of the headlines were like, "What the fuck?" And then, "What the fuck was up with that twist?" So mm. literally, <laughs> literally, all I knew about this movie was that it existed and that there was a twist and that people were having trouble understanding what the fuck was going on with it, mm-hmm. which is the perfect recipe for this program. Mm. I I rewound certain parts for sure, because I was I was like <laughs> pro- I was projecting so hard into the movie that I thought certain things had happened. And then I was like, no, wait, let me double check that. And then I was like, no, nope, I made that up. Like, I totally made that part of the story up. You were trying to make it more interesting. I'll tell you. I'll I'll tell you when we get there. But it it is a journey. It definitely is. <laughs> it's a journey. It's a, <laughs> oh, it's a journey <laughs> to the Emerald Isle. It's a journey. But first, we have to talk about the writer director. His name is John Patrick Shanley, and he has directed three movies, okay. three wildly different. Movies. I love his first one, his debut. I love it. Joe versus the volcano. That's it. Is <laughs> one of the hotheads' favorite films. <laughs> This was John Patrick Shanley's vision, and it is quite the vision. Like, that is a strange movie. It's amazing that it got made, and it's kind of a beautiful thing that it got made. Okay, so I've never seen it. Uh, oh, wow. Whoa. But would that, would that have given me a better headspace to enter this movie into? No, no. Okay, great. There's nothing that can prepare <laughs> you for, for this one. Okay. But he also did the... Uh, Meryl Streep and Philip Seymour Hoffman laugh fest doubt. Mm. I'm being facetious. It's mm. about a, uh, <laughs> no, a nothing that, funny about it. <laughs> a priest that may or may not be a molester. Yeah. But you know that was why, like, widely praised. I pr- I personally did not uh, enjoy that film or like it very much. <laughs> Same. But that was a cold yeah, fish I, I for thought, me. I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I thought it was. I, I gave it a thumbs yeah. up. It was very dour. And then, years later, 
he comes out with Wild Mountain motherfucking time. What is now, this? Now, we also must remind our listeners that he also was famous, made famous prior to what got him the Joe versus the Volcano directing job, uh, which was his passion project, was that he wrote the script previously for that uh, Moonstruck with Cher that, that, that Norman Jewison directed. But that was like such a phenomenal, like pop culture Huge. phenomenon. He could write his own yeah. ticket. And that's the only way you could make something like Joe versus the Volcano. And possibly the fact that he made Doubt was the only, only way that he could make something mm -hmm. as bug fuck crazy as this movie. Yeah. So what I also know is that this movie originated as a play that he also wrote. Well, what's crazy is I had zero awareness of this movie, Lodgemaster, until you brought it onto our radar. Like None. zero. <laughs> and I had None. no idea what it yes. was because because once you were like, you know, stay away from the internet, don't look at anything. I took <laughs> I took that at like like value and was like, I'm not going to. And I didn't. Oh, I, I went in that warms my heart. perfectly that warms ice my cold heart. into it. So when I was watching it, I was like why does this movie exist? I kept asking why, like, yeah. I don't understand why. Yeah, why. And then at the very end, when it said written and directed by John Patrick Shanley, I was like, what? Like my, my Joe vs. Volcano, <laughs> that's my boy. And then I was like, that was the big was like, twist for you. Wait, like what book is he twist. adapting? This has got to be like a Flannery O'Connor or James Joyce or something. And it's like, nope, it's a play that he wrote, I guess, which I've never heard of. And I realized, because when I was watching it, before I knew who did it, I remember thinking, like, whoever made this, like, nobody stopped them. Like, nobody said no. <laughs> they were like, sure, yeah. Nobody could say sure, no. Sure, yeah. Why, nobody why could not? say no. No, because he was like, I'm I'm it. I'm writing. I'm directing. It's based <sighs> off my own work. I'm the guy. Yeah. It's based off my own fever dream. So, Bishki, did you go in clean or did you did you muddy the waters and did you do some research? Well, some I saw light the research? poster. I, we can't mention what the poster is yet, but then I and then I um, and then I knew I knew it was that guy who did Doubt and, and yeah. Joe versus the volcano. So I knew those two things. But other okay. than that, I knew nothing of I knew I knew the cast because of the poster. But other than that, I knew nothing. So you didn't even know there was going to be a twist. No, no. And Emma, you didn't know anything. No, right? you sent me a screenshot of a movie. And you're like, yeah. would you like this? And I was like, yes, I would. <laughs> and then I didn't look at, the only thing I looked up was the runtime. Of course, you have to. So I knew when to it's a great, pick up. It's a great, great runtime, by the way. Yes. I was yeah. so relieved yeah. that it was under two hours. But to just so I knew when to pick up the Thai food for me and my sister. <laughs> I needed to like time it out right. <laughs> I love I love that you inflicted this upon your sister. She wanted too. to like, watch that it. Is, oh, that's beautiful. I, I checked so I beautiful. checked the runtime too, just because like I started it kind of late and, and I was uh tired I was kind of tired and, and I was watching it in bed, just for the record. I was like lying in bed, like per mm -hmm. perfect conditions. Had no idea what to expect. <laughs> and I was so pleasantly surprised at what it was Ooh. at first because I didn't know what it was going to be. But like late at night when you're in bed and you're kind of tired, you're like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. Like this is kind of, this is like, yeah, like I'm getting, I'm getting ready for something. <laughs> uh Oh, uh Oh, he's got some love and light swirling around. My sister though, she, I was like, I can't know anything about it. So you can't tell me anything until we just, I'm yeah. going in like I'm diving it straight in deep end. 
And she started she started looking up stuff on her phone. No. Mm-mm. And was just giggling. And I'm like, what? And she's like, I can't, I can't tell you. Okay, okay. So she was doing it right. And then I could tell when something was coming up because she'd kind of. <laughs> she'd be looking like, at you. <laughs> like, see, <laughs> yeah. She'd be side eyeing you. Yeah. Like, I know it's coming. That's the perfect scenario for this. So let's get into it. Mm-hmm. I had no idea this took place on the Emerald Isle. I had no idea we were going to Ireland for this thing. And I double had no idea that. Christopher motherfucking Walken is the narrator of this thing <laughs> with a Walkenese Irish accent. For like, real. You've never heard anything like this before. Top of the day. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was I am so dead, uh, but you're going to hear a story. <laughs> Welcome to Ireland. My name's Tony Riley. I'm dead. Why? Yeah, narrating from the dead. First of all, I, I thought he was officially retired from acting for real. Like I, I thought right. he should. Be. I thought he I thought his last be. movie was the uh, the movie with Pacino and Arkin, like like the Goodbye Guys or whatever it was called. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of those bucket list movies yeah. where like Al Pacino, I like the Goodbye where guys. Al Pacino's like you die when someone forgets to say your name or whatever. I forget. I never yeah, saw yeah. It. And now yeah. you die and you come back if you're Irish, apparently. That's right. He says something to the effect of if an Irishman dies before finishing their story, (laughs) they're coming back to finish it, which is vaguely horrifying, especially if you're listening to an Irish walk in. Right. Okay. And so the the picture that you sent me, the, the tagline is something like there's nothing more dangerous than an Irish woman in love. I completely thought I was walking into a thriller. And yes, so I yes, was yes. way, way confused yep. by the whole thing. It's a very bright, colorful, lush. It it looks like a an Ireland tourism video. Like it, everything mm-hmm. just looks yes. super, like HD, glorious. Like just uh, like it makes me want to yeah, go just, there. Just drones of the Irish countryside <laughs> forever. Yeah. Like three D, yeah. like yeah. bleeding off my screen, and I'm thinking like, wow, this is some good resolution. <laughs> So Lucas was feeling right. He was in the right mind space for this. We'll see if we'll see if it bucks him off at any point. <laughs> but no, but honestly, I I was like I I I was snapped to full attention when Walken's Irish VO just kicks yes. off the proceedings. Like like what I'm yes. watching the images and the voice I'm hearing do not go together. It's like not it's, at all. It's like a not Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, it's it's like a studio exec's nightmare. Like, oh. So let's touch on this story a bit if we can figure it out. So Walken is an Irish farmer. <laughs> we meet his son as a wee boy and there's a wee neighbor lass who has a crush on him. And then we flash way forward and then Walken's finally on screen. And mm-hmm. the man, the man is 80 years old, ancient, yeah. ancient. Like there must have been such prestige just around John Patrick Shanley's name that he coaxed him to come out for this free trip to Ireland. And maybe you'll get a, you know, People's Choice Award out of it or something. I mean, I was worried that it was going to be like a Star Wars. They're going to have to CG him into the end because he doesn't last. He was, (laughs) he looks old. Yeah, he's old. 
And because he's so old and because he's also Christopher Walken and his cadence itself is kind of a brand, it's very obvious that no one said anything to him about his accent. They're just like, Walken's going to do whatever he wants. It's not going to sound Irish, but it's going to be something special. And we're just going to let him rock with it. You act off of whatever he gives you. Whatever he gives you. And everybody knew the score and was on board with that. Which which is pleasant. At least they didn't struggle against that. They didn't struggle against the movie's accidental best asset. So we flash forward. We see Walken and the boy, his boy, is now Jamie Dornan from the Fifty Shades of Grey movies. And he's the only one in this movie who has a decent Irish accent. Because he's from Ireland. He's actually Irish. So And it sticks out like the sorest thumb everybody else's accent is so crazy that he seems like he's crazy for sounding the way i didn't even know that was him like i i I didn't see the 50 shades of gray movie (laughs) but i for some reason thought he was more butch or like masculine or tougher or something there were three of them lucas and treat yourself So when i was watching him i was like is that jamie doran like who is that guy like i just didn't think he was like a leading man or or a star i was kind of like uh perplexed why they hired him um, and I didn't even think he was real Irish because walking threw me so hard. I was like, nobody's Irish. Yeah. Like, this is all <laughs> bullshit. Like, they, 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 you know, shot this like in New York in the Bronx and then just, yeah, had second unit go, go to Ireland for the exteriors. And the editing. <laughs> oh, it's the editing. It's shot, is it's shot, so it's shot like an episode of ER where the camera's like constantly yes. moving and like yes. everyone's like oh, the camera's yeah, like yeah, yeah. dancing around them. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, this is not helping like this is so not helping and it, in the tiniest little irish farmhouse kitchen no less so it's like yes, yes. claustrophobic it's a horror movie <laughs> in that kitchen i could smell it yes i said that the editing is menacingly haphazard <laughs> it took me the first 17 minutes of runtime because i clocked it to figure out what genre we were in because, because you might think we're, we're describing yes. a comedy just based off Christopher Walken, but no, 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 no. Everything you are <laughs> no. seeing is, is kind of <laughs> like straight, uh, fairy tale. I don't even know what it is. I don't even know what it is, but like 17 minutes in, I realized that it in fact was a comedy. Is it? When Walken, yeah, yeah, because Walken's talking to some widow and is like, a wedding? And the dog is like, a wedding? And there's like a cut of the dog like tilting its head. And I'm like, oh, it's a comedy because the dog tilted its head funny. That's supposed to be funny. Now I know <laughs> what, what, what kind of ball game we're playing. I wish I would have taken those cues. Bishki, what were you doing in the early going of this movie? Like where, did you know what, what genre it was? I mean, it was romantic comedy. I wasn't laughing. Um, <laughs> it was like, you know, like I could tell it was based on a play. I was like, this, right. is, yes. this is like, and he didn't adapt it at all. He was just like, I'm taking nope. whatever I put on the stage and I'm putting it on the screen. I'm not going to try to make it more realistic. I'm just going to nope. have the same cuts as I had in, this, in the fade outs on the play. And I'm just going to put it right on the big screen for everyone to see because... I mean, even the camera, like how, like where it was and, and the layout of each scene felt yeah. like you were in a play. And just for the record, the play did not get very good reviews. So, <laughs> but what? we soldiered forth anyway. <laughs> um, I can't believe it. So 
in short order, we meet the manic Irish dream lass, Emily Blunt, who plays the grown-up neighbor girl, Rosemary Muldoon. <laughs> and she's got this, like, red hair that in every scene is, like, the Irish fiery lass look, you know, where it's just completely blow-dried and primped. If she's been writing, it's like her hair was always fab. Like, every scene, it was different. They were like... She's in Ireland. It needs to be red. <laughs> now, Emily Blunt is, I think she's a, a good actor. Like, yeah. I, I've seen her in a few things. I've seen her in a few things where the, the material lets her down, you know, but she's always solid. In this, I wouldn't say she's one of the solid legs of the table. I don't even know if there are any really, but she's she's a bit wobbly in this. But what else like also what did she have to work with? Exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. what the fuck is she doing? Like what is what what is this? That was my one note. I wrote what is this movie? <laughs> yes, yeah. Like four no, times. <laughs> I said that out loud probably like 10 times. Like what is this movie? Why did it get made? Like why is yeah. this movie? Yeah. Her accent slips into Jamaican sometimes, which shows you how off how off the map it is. So there's so many drinking games you can make just surrounding the mm. accents of this. And also kind of when she shows up, it feels like every line of the movie is designed to be profound in some way, mm -hmm. which is both intentionally and unintentionally hilarious at once because they're kind of laughing at their characters getting in their own way at life, you know, but having these big profound thoughts. But it's also really badly written. Like, mm -hmm. so that's the unintentional hilarity of it. So, like, for an example, Jamie Dornan and Rosemary Muldoon are always making goo-goo eyes at each other and they're down at the horse stable and they're having a heart-to-heart -heart, and he says... When my mother died, I couldn't see colors anymore. Where do we go when we die? The sky. The ground. Then what's the sky for? It's for now. The sky is for now. The sky is for now. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What does that mean? I also just want to c congratulate you on a better accent than 90%. Right? Right? Yeah. <laughs> it feels like the writer was on Irish peyote. <laughs> writing this movie like it yeah. is it just oozes from disparate thought to disparate thought and somehow it's supposed to all make you feel i don't know like romantic <laughs> I, just I was saying don't to my know. sister it was like i i don't remember watching a movie that was so boring that had also so many yeah. things happening that we were just supposed to accept somehow and like that's the character that's a good point it is also very very boring <laughs> no i fell oh asleep oh my god i fell asleep twice i had to like no <laughs> bishki no no i fell asleep. not allowed i don't usually i fell asleep once i did i did like not out for like 34 no, minutes had, in I but I, I woke up i like yeah i got i got alert amateurs and I had to restart it, go back a little ways because I thank was you drifting. Thank you. Yeah, it's you can't boring. miss anything. And the I think the tra there's traditional Irish music playing in the background yes. throughout the entire thing. Uh, it can lull you. To I sleep. fell asleep the during a, a bar just, a bar scene where they were all singing a song, a shanty, and yeah. I, that, that, <laughs> and lulled, I think that lulled, lulled me to sleep as well. That was just well, like besides that the the sound was 
terrible, but there would just be like <laughs> loud, like nature noises too, yeah. like crows or or <laughs> bugs crows. or whatever, just like yeah. very loud. It's unsettling yeah. all around. Uh, there's a point where Walken muses a bit about ham, which I thought was funny considering what an automatic ham sandwich he is in every movie he's in. It's in the fridge. Would you have a piece? If you want ham, have it. Don't be offering me my own ham. So the bones of the plot are like, they're almost too silly to even get into. Like, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. But it uh, it involves a contested small plot of land that has these two gates on it that is making life difficult for these two neighboring farms to coexist because they always have to get out and open two gates. Those fucking gates. And oh, God. I know. And I instantly made a connection to another movie where gates play a huge part of it. And that's Cameron Crowe's Aloha, which kind of has the same exact tone of this movie where everything's just off. Yeah, everything's off. And that whole movie is about gates, like a visitor (laughs) gate that's getting installed in Hawaii. Yes, that's like a huge part of that movie. Yikes. So... I've never seen Aloha. I made that gate connection. But, you know, you're, you're making it sound very... You're making the Wild Mountain Time gate thing sound very apparent and obvious, but really when you're watching it, because the accents are so bad, I am not clear on what it is they're really talking about. And so so when right. the, 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 like, like 30 minutes in, you're like, yeah, what is this about? Like, is this a romantic comedy? Like, what is this, a drama? Like, I don't get- like, what are the stakes? Yeah, I don't get what's going yeah. on. And you're like, what you're saying makes sense, but it, it took me a, a while to piece that together. Of course, because that shouldn't be the plot of a movie. <laughs> but to to help you out, there is a point where Walken says, I did write this down, where Walken says- I need these gates down. So Got it. I, think, I think that's supposed to answer all your questions. And so, then it was like, you're- an O'Reilly or whatever, Riley, or you're a Kelly, or <laughs> you're, and my sister was like, I don't think that's his dad. And I was like, well, they're both Tony. Like, I, I, they are, that's his dad. Like, sh- there were so many p- points where we had to kind of clear things up for each other. Mm-hmm. It is very confusing. And it's also kind of funny that. Walken's deceased wife in this was apparently named Mary Riley, like the movie Mary Riley. Which I've also never seen. <laughs> with, Mary Riley. With Julia Roberts. Yes. So oh, this this movie extra had me in the palm of its hand after Jamie Dornan, like he's out riding with, uh, with Rosemary Muldoon. And he gives like this cheesy monologue straight off of a Hallmark card. And then he goes off and Blunt just... With a completely straight face, wistfully muses to her horse, Blister. When he says those things, Blister, I know I must have him. God help me. There's a lot of a lot of conversations happening betwixt humans and and animals, and then like gags about it that aren't funny. Yeah, <laughs> Dornan <laughs> proposes to a. Uh... Donkey? Donkey. A donkey, yes. And that is like, that's supposed to be the funniest thing. Like, if we were to see this in like an art house theater, that would get the bales of laughter that they were going for. But at home, just watching this, no. You're Mm -hmm. not going to, they make like 25 donkey proposal jokes in this. And it's supposed to hit you funnier and funnier every time. 
Oh, so I think the scene where Lucas fell asleep was when uh, <laughs> <laughs> when, when Rosemary Muldoon sings the title song "Wild Mountain Time" at the pub, and walking. They keep cutting to him for a reaction, and at first he looks kind of again like like menacing, like he's like he's about to shoot up the place, and then he tries to pull up some tears, and you realize the whole time he was just trying to drum up those tears. Mm-hmm. Just some amazing shots of Walken, really trying to connect with the material. Like God bless him. Yeah, he was committed, dialed in. But that fucking song, "Will Ye Go, Lassie Go, and We'll All Go Together," like yeah. that has been stuck in my head <laughs> for five days, and it hasn't. It has not gone anywhere. Play it if you can on, on, on the cast at some point. I have to. I want to infect everybody's fucking head with this. I want you all to feel this pain. You know, it's funny. It just dawned on me why. It's because the underlying like musical theme of Wild Mountain Time, if you close your eyes and squint, is uh, Celine Dion's Titanic, right? It's like it's got mm. some like Titanic recorder or something or sure, sure. some like, I don't know, like it just brings me back to that. It also feels like he found a song that he could use like rights free, right? Oh, yes. And yes, needed a, and it was like, <laughs> how can I write a play about this song? Yeah, like it's not a cranberry song. Like yeah. this is a this is a public access song. Yeah. So that happens, and all the while Jamie Dornan's having he's just having trouble getting up the courage to propose to to Rosemary Muldoon, and I think it's supposed to be cute, but it is so annoying. Like mm-hmm. he just they both want to be together. They're both bizarre human beings that deserve each other. And he just can't get it together. And it's not cute. Like, it, it's not charming. This is not Hugh Grant hemming and hawing. This is somebody who seems like he has a dark secret, like he's a serial killer or something. And it's preventing him from doing the normal human thing. And we'll get to that. <laughs> we'll get to what that big secret is. It kept giving me kind of um, the lobster vibes. Like, that sure. it was just, it felt off the whole time and I didn't know yeah. what but to not think of any of it. For me, it, <laughs> the, the movie felt like an S, like, a, like a bunch of SNL digital shorts but with the jokes cut out where like, you know, you're just seeing all the like straight takes or whatever and you're like waiting. They're like SNL in Norway. Yeah, in Ireland. Like, yeah. you know, like one of those fake trailers at the beginning of Tropic Thunder, you know, like Forbidden Love. Yes. I wrote that down right here. I'm like, seems like an extended SNL skit from deep in the show when Emily Blunt's hosting and they just didn't know. She's She thought she could do an Irish accent and they just pushed him out there. Or even Christopher Walken. That is exactly Christopher right. Walken will be like, ah, oh, Like, yes. it was cut for time. We were chill. Yeah. It was yes. cut, for time. cut for time. Lodgemaster was speaking of ham. Let's get to the ham. And then, <laughs> who the fuck shows up? But... Dornan's American cousin, John motherfucking Ham. It's Hammy, all right. And it's almost as if Walken's little Ham musings from earlier was a wee bit of foreshadowing because you you do not expect John Ham to walk into this movie. Mm-mm. Essentially playing his Mad Men character. Yes, yes, <laughs> like, yes. One note. I don't know why he's there other than, again, a trip to Ireland. 
and working with the great John Patrick Shanley. Like, did anybody read this script or did they just glaze? Like they have the free trip to Ireland in their mind in the forefront. They're like, yeah, free trip to Ireland. And then that glazes over any issues they might have with the script. They're like, oh, we'll work it out on the day. Uh, Yeah, it is fine. We're, We're going to Ireland. Like, that's what it feels like. I don't think anybody read I mean, this I would probably do the same thing, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest. Like, these actors are only human, you know? So, and you get to work <laughs> with the walk-in. Like, just imagining the behind-the-scenes walk-in shit. I mean, he probably just went off and went to bed. But, like, just imagining the, the hijinks you'd get into with Christopher Walken in Ireland is but John enough. Ha- John Hamm's going to, like, Trump golf courses and shit, you know? Like, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. he's, like, really... <laughs> he's having a good time. So there's that. Ham's in the picture, and he's creating a bit of a love triangle with Emily Blunt and Jamie Dornan. And Dornan's totally getting cucked. He's totally just... He's off with his, his, his metal detector, just off being a super geek. <laughs> and Ham's moving in. Ham's <laughs> moving in on his territory. And it's just like, what are we watching here? And then Walken appears to be on his deathbed in this film, his character. And he gives some choice, some choice line deliveries. At one point, he's talking to Jamie Dornan. Again, he's he's on his bed. And he says, last night, I saw a star down near the ground. Mm -hmm. Tell me, son. Have you ever seen a star down low? And I was thinking, yeah, I've seen a movie star go pretty low. (laughs) And his name be Chris Walken. (laughs) Like, what did, is he serious in this scene? Like, did he really think he was going for... Some sort of award? I don't know what award, like Irish Oscars? <laughs> I I felt bad because, yeah, you're right. He was, this was like the Oscar clip moment. And he was so, again, dialed in and committed. But I was just laughing at that point. Like, I was just like, I was laughing yeah. at how funny it was. Because two scenes before that, you know, he's like proposing, like his son's proposing to a donkey or something. Like, it's just like so abrupt. Like all of a sudden I'm supposed to accept that this is now like, you know, serious, like a deathbed scene that felt like it should have been happening at the very end of the movie an hour later. I was like, this doesn't track. The whole thing, seemingly the movie is like a week long or something, right? Like everything just happens like, in a it's week. very condensed. It's very yeah. condensed. Which is probably how long they had to shoot. So exactly. Like- exactly. And Walken, like the meat of his deathbed monologue is so fucking weird and magical that I just have to I just have to play it for you. Like there's no there's no way I could do it remote justice here. I can't name the day. The rain lit up. The sun shone on me. And I started in singing. Just like that, that old song, Mom's song. Do you know it? Sure I do. And they'll all go together. You're a good son. Thanks, Dad. I have faith that love will find you out in those fields. I don't want you to die. I'm sorry. I sold that bit by the road and left you with two gates. What's up with these fucking gates? Walken keeps going and he keeps giving like an Irish spring. He keeps just flowing (laughs) with this deathbed monologue. And then he's gone, obviously. So the movie suffers with you don't have Walken wandering about. Yeah. 
So all all we're left with is this love triangle. I was really confused because he's also like in a wool like a wool sweater vest and like a collared <laughs> shirt. And so I was like, well, he can't be dying. Like that would be a weird way to do that, right? Yeah. And then he just was never yeah. back. So I was like, oh, he did die. Yeah, okay. I wasn't totally clear. I mean, he didn't take the oxygen, but I was like, is that going to kill him? I don't know. Like. I wasn't totally clear that he was dead. Except for that we know he's dead because he says it. I'm dead. So in another bizarre scene, Blunt flies off to New York to hang out with Ham. And she's day. only there for, for, one, for one day. I mean, when she starts dancing to Swan Lake, like out of nowhere, that, I, th- I believe that's the salad dragon, right? Yes. Yes. Okay. Thank you. Well, there, I feel like there's two kind of mini her dancing salad dragons. The one yeah. is when she's a little girl and then is on yeah. the horse and her dad slaps the horse's ass and she rides <laughs> off. That's a good mini one, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I have another one coming up, but that's down the road a little bit. So, yeah, she's obsessed with Swan Lake. She's like, my daddy said that I'm the white swan. And she, <laughs> she looks across... The skyline of quote unquote New York. And she says, It's like teeth, isn't it? Come again? The buildings look like teeth. Okay. <laughs> Ham reacts like the exact way that he should react. He just says, Okay. <laughs> like, that's the only time where there's any sanity in this movie is when he is just like, you've lost the plot a bit, ma'am, but I'm still here for you. And there's like not that many lines in the movie. And so when they do that, when they focus on these weird things, it's like, how is this yeah. important for me? Do I need to know this? No, it's just like a no. throwaway whatever. Mm-hmm. You really don't need to know anything that is being said in this movie. Ham gives her a kiss. And she kind of flips out and flies home immediately the next day. So (laughs) she goes back to Ireland and a storm's a brewing. The animals seem to know it. The music is super serious. And Dornan comes over and they're going to have it out during this rainstorm in her house. And all the while, Ham is supposedly flying back to Ireland So, yeah, again, this is all taking place in, like, a week. She's flown out to New York for a day, and, like, the next day he flies back to Ireland? Like, when are these people sleeping? (laughs) And why aren't they just constantly vomiting from traveling so much? So, anyway. Tons of Aer Lingus going on. Tons of Aer Lingus. Yeah. Sponsor. (laughs) Sponsor. So much. So, this storm is raging, and... This scene between them just gets sillier and sillier and sillier. It feels, again, like a horror movie. It's like a romantic horror comedy almost. Because they're both talking about, like, suicide. And, like, she's got a gun. She's got, like, a shotgun that she keeps ready to blow her brains out at all times. Like, (laughs) is this supposed to be charming? He keeps threatening to leave. And she's like, you need to drink a half of another beer. And, like, it felt like it should have been this climax that was not. I I felt uncomfortable. I thought she was going to blow her brains out. I didn't know what was I did too. Yeah. I, or murder suicide. Mm-hmm. There's a part where there there's an ebb in their crazy manic byplay that that's going on and 
She says, this is, this is lines of dialogue. It's good that you're tall. Men are beasts. They need that height to balance the truth and the goodness of women. Well, there's no answer to blather like that. No, there is no answer to blather like that because it makes no fucking sense. <laughs> None of this makes any sense. It's like a poorly translated fortune cookie. Yes. Like yeah. most of mm -hmm. the lines. A poorly translated Irish fortune cookie is what this is. <laughs> yeah. And if if that sounds good to you, have at it. Like this movie will take care of you in that department. Have you ever wondered what I wore when I wore less? You've lost me. Have you seen me naked in your mind? Oh, Jesus Christ, Rosemary, naked? Shut up with that. I see your church. You say I'm beautiful. Have you thought about my shape? Have you thought of my posture or my figure? <laughs> Have you looked at my shape? Have you felt my shape? Oh, there is nothing less sexy than whatever the fuck is going on in that house. Like it, it is just folie à deux up the ass and I want no part of it. I would exit that house immediately and run. I would go back to New York and hang out with John Hamm hang out at the ballet, but no. I think this is supposed to be just like an emotional crescendo. Yeah. But I don't care. Just in case you don't care, it blows that emotional climax out the window and into the sheets of fucking rain for what I call the second salad dragon from here on out. Double dragon. From here on out, dragons dwell. Like this movie, <laughs> This movie has lost all pretense of making any sense. And <laughs> it all comes down to this stupid twist that there's been a minor furor over it online of people just like trying to figure out what, what the hell it means. And again, like it can't be overstated how much rain is falling on these two poor actors. Like they must've been <laughs> freezing. They're soaked to the bone. It's they're doing that thing where there's so much rain falling on their face that they can barely speak. They're like, I'm, 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 like they're trying to get their words out. And she's basically like, listen, man, I'm not, I'm, I can't even do anymore. I, I'm all out of Irish accent gas here, but she's basically like, listen, dude, what the fuck? Why haven't you proposed to me? And he lays down the stupidest <laughs> twist of, of all of cinema. He says something to the effect of he believes himself to be a honeybee and he believes that she is a flower. Literally. He literally thinks that he's a bee. And I've read a lot of material about this. A lot of people that reviewed the play that were trying to figure out Oh, is there, is there some kind of symbolism with that? No. Consensus is that's the movie. That's the plot. He thinks he's a fucking bee. <laughs> that's the twist. Tell me, standing on this holy land of Ireland, why shouldn't you marry me? I see things. I'm delusional. For the love of God, woman, I think I'm a bug. So what? Sometimes I think I'm a house cat. You do not. No, but I don't stay with it because I know I'm a swan. Maybe that's where my like lobster vibes snuck in too a little bit. I think like, so. This I think very so. <laughs> strange, but like not 
Exciting twist. No, no, not exciting at all. But again, like Lucas said, there was nobody that got in the way of this. This is a pure <laughs> Irish peyote adult vision. There's, there was nobody that stepped in the way. I was projecting so hard that that uh, when he said he was a honeybee, I thought he said <laughs> something like, I'm like a Miles Bee or, or like, a, like, like a name. I thought Honey Bee was like an Irish name. And I was like, oh, they're related. Like, I'm of the Miles Bee Yeah, plan. like he's, he's, oh, he's her oh, brother. He related. Yeah, like I thought he's like, I'm a Honey Bee. Like you're my fucking sister. Like I can't have sex that with you. Been better, that would have much better. And I was like, oh, they're kin. Like, they're That's <laughs> a live rewrite. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. I was way off. Yeah, I was like rewinding. I was like, wait, no, they're not. He means like an actual, you're right. That's way better. It's way better. (laughs) That would have been like a cute thing to like, um, you know, Miles B. It's like a little name, you know? Yeah. Well, and then if they decide to go forth in their torrid love affair, that's a decision. That's like, that's a hard Irish decision to, you know, you're a Miles B, I'm a Miles B. And yet, let's go off and be in love. Like, that that takes a little balls. Like, I would like to see that. <laughs> this line is spoken by Emily Blunt with sheets of rain just <laughs> assaulting her. Mm-hmm. She says, What do I have to do? Do I have to swat at you to get you to sting me? Do I have to swat at you to get you to sting me? I didn't even ever catch that. She rolls with this bee thing so immediately that she has that chambered. And then he says, I'm afraid. What? I'm alone. <laughs> and then the big kiss they as water out. just cascades down onto them. Buckets, probably literal buckets are being thrown at these people. So that's a big moment. That's a big moment in movie history. <laughs> And Ham meets a woman on his flight very conveniently, oh, and so he's paired the off. Cuts to his flight were something special. Man. <laughs> the lingus, was, so much lingus going so on. So much air lingus, such acting comedy, shit, going on, man. Yeah. That is like a studio <laughs> note one hundred and one. But like, yeah, you must be single because nobody has told you you snore or like some. It's just like, oh. Uh, <laughs> Cringy. Yeah. And you just imagine John Patrick Shanley, after so many of these howler lines, he just, he pours himself a glass of whiskey, takes a sip, and calls it a day. He's done his work. Oh, my God. So... And they go back to the pub, and they sing Wild Mountain Time one more time to just drill it deep into your your fucking frontal lobe. (laughs) And they look out over the audience, and all the entire cast, oh, man. living and dead, another studio is note, sitting man. in the it's audience. Like studio notes just raining in that screening room. Oh, oh! And Walkins back, Walkins singing along, looking like Bob Dylan in "We Are the World," just not knowing the words. I mean, oh there were God. a lot. Of, there was a lot of death oh, in this movie. Oh shit! Yeah. And then you, they bring them all back, and you're like, oh shit. I didn't care about any of you. None of this carried anyways. (laughs) No one is Irish. No one is Irish. Not even Jamie Doran. I don't believe you. And then Walken comes back to wrap up the the narration. Kind of, he's kind of like, remember what I said about telling a story? Yeah. Well, 
I'm back and now it's over. Do you think, I almost feel like that wasn't like an edit after like, oh, people didn't realize that he died. We need to like tell them right away. Could be, could be. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, do you think there were any test screenings with no, this or did the studio oh, just look no. at it and they were like, listen, there's a pandemic raging. <laughs> You know, this is going to hopefully people have had enough wine that they'll just let this be. Trust me, there's no amount of wine. Twenty six percent fresh critics, thirty nine percent fresh audience. That's so pretty low. There man. is a little wine bump. There is a little thirteen uh, percent wine bump <laughs> that the audience gave this. But whoo, what a fucking movie. Let's go to them Irish bones. Oh, who do we pick out here? Oh, Brother Bishki, love and light, love and light. Hey, hey. This be a magical movie. Nothing feels real. In See, this a little movie. Jamaican, little Jamaican slips in. I love little it. Jamaican slipping in there. Yeah, nothing feels real. Uh, the dialogue, the acting, the story, everything's off. This is, yeah. I think Lodge Master said, they were going for people's choice. I think they had much higher hopes for this movie. I think yeah, they were I think I think they I did. think they were thinking prestige. They've gone horribly wrong in that calculation. <laughs> um walking had me laughing in every scene. Uh, yes. Yes. He's an American classic. You've got two, you know, super attractive actors. You got Fifty Shades of Grey, Jamie Dornan, and Emily Blunt just throwing herself at him. You don't believe yeah. for a second that they're like not no like why mm -mm. where is the resistance here you two attractive actors like he's got to be a B that's the only explanation yeah you know you got to cast normal looking Irish people if you're going to even make this like anywhere near <laughs> believable <laughs> yeah. normal looking Irish people you know uh, a bit of the normal <laughs> a bit of the normal because it's just ridiculous uh, as I said I fell asleep twice. It's a beautiful mm. setting. I do love Ireland. I've been there, and I hope to return there. I'm one-eighth Irish. And oh, uh, wow. so for that, I give it a little love and light. I give it a half bone for the setting. And Christopher nice. Walken gets a full bone because this, oh! might be, this might be the last time we see him. And I <laughs> This laugh. might be it. Like Christopher Walken oh. with an Irish accent. Do yourself a favor. You don't have to watch yes. this whole movie, but watch the first third and see Christopher Walken. Somebody on YouTube will slice this up. It might be me. Yeah. And they'll just, they'll just we need a walk and super cut. We need a walk and super cut, but I'm going to give it one and a half bones. Much oh, of the love is beautiful. for walking. Um, and uh, this movie is way off the charts in terms of, uh, I mean, the Rotten Tomatoes speaks for itself. Like, wow. It does. It does. One and a half is very sweet of you, Bishki, and I appreciate that. I do have a little love and light for that Irish countryside. Uh, let's see if that sweetness carries over to young Lucas, I today. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I knew we were in for something special when there were no less than like seven different company uh, like oh, logo yeah. burns at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Or, you know, you forget what movie. Plenty of logos. You forget what movie you're watching because you're like, gosh, like they, there's like a lot of money from a lot of different places in this movie. 
And then you realize it's because John Patrick Shanley was just uncompromising in his casting decisions. Cause yeah, Brother yes. Bishke's right. Like he definitely needed 100% like authentic Irish actors in all roles. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like the Emily Blunt one is crucial. And I, and I was thinking, this should have been a discovery. Like, yeah, it should have been, you know, like uh, an Emily Watson or Saoirse Ronan, but for 2020, yeah. Um, who, yeah. who looks down to earth, who looks like a farm girl, who looks like a horse girl, you know, who, who might not be good with- <laughs> Very with, very princess Yeah, bride. like who might not yeah. be good Robin with- Robin yeah, like other people. Um, we need a horse girl. But also like, it's funny because like John Patrick Shanley, like, yeah, he, he knows how to do comedy with Joe versus the Volcano and he knows how to do drama with like doubt. But in this movie, he was like, we're going to do it all. We're going to do both. Like I've earned it or I can do it. But he didn't do it, like, because, yeah, it was just totally uneven and, and a total mess because, like, yeah, I don't know if I'm supposed to be laughing or crying. And then when Christopher Walken's crying, I'm laughing. I'm just like, this is this is like <laughs> upside down because um, nobody told, yeah, John Patrick Shanley, no, like, you shouldn't do this. Can't say no. And, yeah, I, I kept trying to project, like, darker, darker shit onto it because you're right. And I didn't realize it was because of the way it was shot and edited um, because the cinematography was amazing and like, yeah, in, in with the rain at the end, it was beautiful. It should have been funnier, I guess. Like I, I, I see a premise in there somewhere. So I'm going to give it one bone because like Brother Bishke, like I love the setting. Like I, I've never been to Ireland, but I so love the setting. And it's like there is something magical and there are like folk tales and like stories and things like that and I just don't think they set it up like John Patrick Shanley didn't set it up properly or, or something like uh, I, I I just didn't buy that they were farmers none of them were farmers not one of them <laughs> um, and like yeah the beginning with like they've never worked the, the land. funeral like I didn't buy the sat I don't know like none of it yeah you're right everything felt off like it was just like a, an elaborate prank like they were just pranking you or something you got punked, Irish punked. One <laughs> bone from Brother LT. And that's huge for you. Like any other time of year, maybe it's the season and you're feeling you're feeling some love in your heart. But this would be an Emerald Isle wolf from you, I think, in any other time of the year. So I'm I'm happy that this caught you at just the right time to give it that one bone. All right, Sister Emma, lay it down. Be merciless, but follow your heart. It feels like a movie that should easily write itself right like yeah. there, there should be no stumbling blocks and yet they yeah. found <laughs> the the guts nickelodeon yes. show of like <laughs> everything was just really hard. <laughs> to they made it hard they made it hard for us and i kept thinking like oh the next scene will explain what this is no way and there was never a scene to pull anything together um, I didn't realize that it was Walken in the voiceover because I think I thought there was no way There's Christopher no way. Walken would be the yeah. voiceover. So when I saw him, I gasped. It was an emotional experience for you. And then laughed because I realized that he had been doing an Irish quote-unquote <laughs> accent in a voiceover. So for that, I give it a bone because Ooh. I think that was the m- wildest choice that they <laughs> that they That's made the wildest mountain time that they the that wildest. they sprinkled onto this i guess combined with that the the beauty of the the place yes um, of course i i have to just 
It's a one bone. It's a one boner. I can't recommend it. I had a friend say, how was it? And I was like, it wasn't good. Like, it was <laughs> not. Don't watch it. But um, are you glad that you saw it? Yeah. So maybe that's like where my bone count lies. Is like, mm. we're on my list. We're mm-hmm. on my count. Can I say I'm happy enough to watch it? Sure. And may I remind you, we're in 2020, which is, you know, objectively one of the worst years ever. So 100 uh, percent. I'm uh, I'm being generous. Yes, you own. are. You are. You are. I'm not going to push it. I'm not going to yeah. push it. Any no, this, is a, this is a quarantine bump bone of a movie. <laughs> OK, yeah, excellent. Good. Yeah. We'll lock that in. Final answer. Mm-hmm. Hit the buzzer. And you are absolutely correct. This is a one bone movie and there's no other way to slice it. One bone is exactly right. Bishki is on some Irish peyote of his own. I am. And he, that's why he's going above. I give it a half. He's got a lot of Irish in it. You know, a little love and light. Look at my red beard. Come on. He's got a beard in the game here. So there's an episode that we did. Episode 58. If you want to go back and get the full history. <laughs> And it was a movie called Where Do yes, You Go, Bernadette? I knew you were going to say that. I was going to say it. I was like, don't say it. Don't, no need to say it. Like, we've been there. We've done that. It's a movie called Where Do You Go, Bernadette? And it stars Kate Blanchett. And everything about that movie is off. It's just off. It's like it it was all in sync. And then you move the top layer three frames over. So everything's <laughs> fucked up. But it looks it looks like it's normal. It looks like it's prestige. It looks like it's good. Oh, but oh boy. Yeah. And it's the something smells good in Stinkville theory where when everything is rotten, it kind of smells good and you can't stay away from it and you got to keep sniffing it. And I that's why I was on the edge of my seat. Boring as it was, I was like, what the fuck is going to happen? Yeah. Because this this movie, it is unbound. It is untethered from any reality. It can't be this boring the whole time. So you keep expecting <laughs> something to be exciting. A twist. And then when something crazy happens, you're like, it can't be this crazy the whole time. It is at once crazy and boring yes. and sexy and cool. So it's one bone, but I and I push against, you know, LT is very traditional when it comes to the bone count. And there is no way. You could ever recommend a one bone movie to people. Ooh, it is it is so forbidden. It is just simply not done. But I give this one bone and I tell every one of our listeners, wait until it's not 20 fucking dollars to rent. But see this movie when it comes out on Netflix. It's a laundry folding movie. Laundry folding certified. When you watch the silly film, you should be folding laundry. Turn it on, turn it up, and by then, this episode will just be a misty emerald memory in your mind, and you won't remember the specifics, but they'll hit you so fucking hard. When that walk-in voiceover comes on, (laughs) oh, you're going to knock over your laundry, you're going to have to refold it, and then you're going to knock it over on purpose and refold it again, because you'll want to see what happens. So, check it out. It's a glowing one-bone review for me. So, there you have it. (laughs) Yeah, that's perfect. A glowing, glowing one bone. It's no cats. It's no cats, which Emma joined us for. No. And that was a magical That's a three experience. bone movie. One year ago. Yeah. Felt like 10 years ago, but yeah. that is a three bone movie. 
but uh, yes. Through and through. yes. Wow. Which I, I saw three times it. in theaters. Yeah. Wow. Do not, as they say, get it twisted. This is not on the level of cats at all. Mm-mm. It's a different kind of movie. It's a different kind of pain. And it's a different kind of reward. So <laughs> we probably put more thought and talk into this than the entire cast and crew combined. Yeah. <laughs> That's film. a fact. That is a fact. I feel good about that. I agree. And Sister Emma, thank you for taking the thank journey you. with us. Thank, thank you, very you. much. Oh, my God. My pleasure. I mean, kind of, mm-hmm. but. We'll have you back in a year then. <laughs> yeah. At least, or sooner. Oh, so much love and light to y'all. Oh, so much love and light. I believe that I'm a honeybee. If my true love, she were gone, I will surely find another to pull wild mountain time all around the moon and heather when you go last week and we'll all go together to the wild mountain time all This be a magical movie.